right, folks. Welcome back to Life's Mountain West Wire basketball podcast. That's right. We are, as of recording, it is in Andrew here on Tuesday, November 17th. Our website's mwr.com. Basketball is supposed to start the 25th of November. As this game plays in my phone, what did I push here? What's going on? So how you doing? <laughs> Let's just get to it. I'm not going to edit this out. Let's go. Yeah, let's just go. Let's just, you know, whatever came up on your phone, we'll just uh, we'll just deal with it. <laughs> it was on my calendar, but... So, yes, basketball a week away. We had media days last week, which we said, if you listen to our last show, we didn't get to it. So, we'll get to media day a little bit. We'll get to Rick Pitino's con- um, comments, um, NCAA tournament likely moving to Indianapolis, which that was kind of our one of our ideas, sort of idea, more Matt and Orlando than anybody else, but we... Had our own pod type system idea to get it going. And then also San Jose State, San Diego State. So let's, uh, oh, and the Mountain West schedule. How can we forget that, right? Yeah. I mean, there's just a ton of stuff to go over. And it's crazy because, I mean, the season's starting in eight days and we don't, you know, there's all these new things to talk about that are happening right now. And it's, it's, this is a wild off season. It, it just seemed like it was so slow and dead forever. And now it's going so fast. Hurry so up and wait. we'll try to get to all of it. <laughs> That's what it is. Cause I'm, I'm currently on golobos.com. They do not have a section for their 2021 basketball schedule. Not even a TBD. I know the new schedule just came out, but nothing <laughs> on there at all. So, well, and if you go to San Jose, uh, San Jose State's website right now, it's the old, you know, it's the first release of the schedule. And if you go to San Diego State's, it's, you know, the new one updated. So, yeah, it's a, each school is kind of scrambling to get it all together. Hit a great segue. Just go to mwr.com. We got the full schedule there, week to week. Boom. Don't have to rely, about, there you go. rely about them or rely on them. So, really quick media day. Let's just bounce to that because you all saw it, what, who got projected where. But my biggest takeaway, and you wrote it in our UNLV preview. Rebels might finally be the team to uh, make the next step. Close, or get closer, I guess, on the right path. Is that the right way to put it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I I think that this season and next season are going to be very, you know, they could be very special. It depends on, well, we'll see about, you know, both seasons. I don't want to get too far ahead yeah. of myself right now. Let's just deal with this one right now. But I think this season could be pretty special with the reunion of David Jenkins and TJ Otzelberger, uh, with, uh, no, sorry, Marvin Coleman and Bryce Hamilton. I almost got the name switched yeah. up there. Uh, with those guys coming back after <laughs> first really team, promising years. First team preseason Bryce Hamilton. Get it right. Yeah. First <laughs> team preseason Bryce Hamilton. Uh, newcomer of the year David Jenkins and preseason freshman. freshman of the year, Nick Blake, right? So that's a pretty good little uh, yeah. awards haul there. I so you gotta you gotta feel good about the chances going going forward. It's good good to see for the program, you know. Yeah, they won't get top three, I don't think. Maybe they'll upset, maybe get a steal win. So here's how the order finished turned out really quick. Aztecs number one received 14 of the uh, 20 votes. Boise second had four, Utah State third had two, then Rebels at uh, fourth, and there was a. If you look at the point total, they're actually pretty close to uh, Utah State. Like it's only seventeen point points difference, and then even CSU came in fifth, who's reasonably close to UNLV. So the gap, there's not a huge gap between any of the top teams. Like it's kind of a fifteen to twenty point drop until you get from like CSU to Nevada, and there's kind of a gap there. But overall, it's like going from. Tier to, you can kind of see a complete tier system where it's the top three, maybe four if you want to include UNLV, they're that close. And you got CSU, maybe Nevada, and New Mexico are really close, those two. So the only thing that kind of surprised me, Wyoming being ninth, was a little shocking, but I, I think they'll overachieve. Yeah. But overall, like Fresno was eighth, Air Force 10, San Jose 11. But nothing really surprised me in the totals. I kind of thought Utah State might be second, but it's only 11 points. And I, don't, I didn't do the research to see how often – the top team wins at all, but it didn't happen last year. So because you well, and it didn't happen the year before that either. Because you had well, let's see. So you had Nevada. I think it correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the year before last, Nevada and Utah State ended in a tie for the regular yeah. season title, and then Utah State won the Mountain West championship. Is that right? Or did Nevada win two years I ago? Forget Nevada was. Uh, when, Who when, won? Okay, we got to look that up. So Nemes Cato's so, so first Utah year. Utah State won last year. Yeah, they won last year. But Nemes Cato, they didn't win the year before because Nevada was the – because remember, last year is the first year they had Musselman – or not, I mean, Steve Alford, not Musselman as a coach. year before, 
is when they had that big run and when he got poked away, poached away to Arkansas. Right. So what Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. No, it was Utah State versus San Diego State both years. Yeah. Uh, and Utah State came out on top because San Diego State upset Nevada mm-hmm. uh, the year before. But Nevada, but anyway, the point was that Nevada was like the runaway it's been a couple of preseason years. favorite team the, that year, and Utah State kind of came up and surprised them. Last year, Utah State was the runaway, you know, top team, and San Diego State came up and really, you know, there was no question of who was the best team over the course of the regular season. Of course, in the tournament, you know, something else happened. But and last year, San Merrill, only March Madness moment upset San Diego State. So, yeah. Uh, just such a such a fun moment for everybody who is not an Aztecs fan. Yeah. And this year is going to be um, this season is going to be but, weird, very weird. But yeah, so we we come in with San Diego State, you know, as the the top dog this year, and so you wonder is that pattern going to hold again, and are you going to see an, another team like a Boise State come up a little bit un, unexpected, or you know, um, maybe better or more equipped faster than expected to really compete. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll, talk, we'll talk Aztecs later. So let's get to the schedule really quick. We'll talk. Yeah. So the mountain schedule. They made a smart move. They revised the schedule because before when we talked last time about it, they brought in no, it's basically a traditional schedule. Was it, was it 18 games? I think it was. Yep. 18 game schedule. So it's typically home and home. You miss a couple teams. The better teams play each other for like the SOS type of deal. Sagarin, Ken Palm, whatever you want to put together. But there's no room for bye weeks. But now they change it for obviously COVID's getting worse everywhere. So be safe and don't be stupid, whatever that entails. But what they did now is make a series out of it, which is smart because we talked about last show how the WAC is going every week they're playing an opponent, but it's back to back nights. Mountain West, and we already said what the schedule is going to be where they travel, but then they play like a Monday, Wednesday. They skip a day in between. So that's what the schedule is like. And it came out to its 20-game schedule. It starts on December 3rd. Everybody play. If I'm correct, I was looking through it. Maybe my eyes are just tired. But because the reason why I was wondering, because there's 11 teams. Every team's not going to play, but everybody plays at least one series before Christmas. Yeah. Was that correct, I believe? Did somebody play twice? I'm, I'm double-checking that as we speak right now. I looked looking. before, but my eyes are like, oh, this, that. But, All um, right, so we've got, yeah. Okay, you can keep talking. Yeah, I'm saying everybody plays this once, and then once it hits New Year's, I guess technically December 28th. Maybe it's maybe it's just a Fresno CSU since they start late. Late, keep going. Maybe that's what it is. Because yeah, looking at yeah, that's what. But maybe that's what it is. They they start off the actual series, but everybody gets underway where there's typically more than one game on New Year's Eve. So Fresno and CSU come up late, but basically from New Year's Eve on, there's everybody starts their series. So it's like. For example, Boise plays at San Jose State December 31st and January 2nd. Then they get some time off, then it's like Wednesday, January 6th. So games are basically every day of the week, which is awesome. Like, they'll play games yeah. Sunday. They'll play games Saturday, basically every day of the week. And there's built-in buys or built-in room because season regular season ends March 1st, Air Force at CSU. So that's a good thing where there's room where if they need to play teams, and if they're playing so close together like a Wednesday-Friday thing, or a Monday, Wednesday, I guess. Let's say, like, for example, let's just say, I'll make a team like San Jose State plays at San Diego State Monday, February 8th, and February 10th. They're only, the only two games that day. Say one of those games get canceled, they still have the whole week because the next game, because this is why schedule is brilliant. So the next game, so let's just stick with San Jose State since I have them bolded here. Their next mm-hmm. game isn't until the, oh boy, my eyes are deceiving me again. Um, Sorry, 8th and 10th. See, those games aren't canceled in February, are canceled. Their next set of games aren't until the 13th of February at home. So there's a chance where, okay, we can't play Monday, Wednesday. Maybe they could still play San Diego State Friday, Sunday, or, you know what I mean, like mix, mix things around. I don't know. It's like, it's going to be an interesting turnaround, but like that's only two days in between because they go Monday, Wednesday, then Saturday. So there is room in there because the tournament also, Andrew, doesn't start till March 10th. So there's some time in there. But this, there's some creativity to play games close together. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not exactly sure. There's space in December, too. I don't know what everybody's team uh, or what everybody's non-conference schedule looks like in terms of where there are open dates, you know, to be able to move games. But um, I don't know. And I guess not that you'd be able to go back in time. You know, <laughs> you can't really sure. predict that you're going to have issues or anything. But if you do kind of see like, 
hey, maybe it's getting worse in a place or you you decide like this state is shut down until February, right? Because you might get those you know, those announcements from a governor or whatever from some state that tell you about the future, right? So they might, who knows so what's going to happen in the next couple of months, but it could make it so that, hey, you know in, a little bit in advance that you've got to reschedule this game. If there's maybe some space in December or, you know, at the between March 1st and the start of the Mountain West tournament, then, hey, you know, well, that's it's good nine, to have that extra space. Yeah, that's a week right there where that could make up in nine days. I think if you really needed to, you can make up maybe even four games in nine days, depending, like like we mentioned before, just go to Vegas beforehand and start playing there. Right. But I think, yeah, that's right. But I think they want that's the right. week to sort of do a quarantine or at least have a five to eight, whatever it may be, five to eight days. Just say the last game's the first they get there on the second or third, whatever it may be. They chill for a week. I don't know. It's money issues. There's a lot of things to consider, but they could <laughs> yeah. all go back home and like be there by themselves, their own little bubble type deal where they're not going around anywhere else. They're not doing this, they're not doing that. But they would be able to have a week of nothing, of just them, test every day so they're fine, so they get a clean tournament. But then again, it also gives them time, well, well let's go to Vegas and play four games in 10 days. And then the tournament, I don't know how many games they'd want to play because here's the thing. Maybe they don't need to play the games. You know what I mean? Like, what's the point if there's nobody in attendance? Well, yeah, that's like, a good point. What's the point of playing the games unless, like, unless unless you have like a major league baseball scenario where somebody played out of the twenty games played fourteen and somebody played nineteen or eighteen, probably most likely an even number you'd play because I I well I guess you could play the first game and something happened, but unless there's like a seven or eight game swing, they try to get it as equitable as possible. But like looking at Wyoming's schedule, there's actually up. They actually play like November 28th. They start a week from Saturday. They get Mississippi Valley State. They have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven non-conference games. They don't play. They actually go straight through. They play December 20th, UNLV, then go straight through the rest of the season. So what we could see is areas where scrap Oregon State, but okay, we need to get in this school or that school. Like particularly, let's look at New Mexico here because chatting before, like, why are they playing that first game? Because if you know football for Lobos, they are hanging out in Las Vegas, probably most likely for the whole season, unfortunately. New Mexico State is setting up camp in Phoenix. There's no word on Lobo basketball at the moment. But we thought before, like, well, why are they doing December, was December 2nd, their first game, I believe it is? The very, very first game, yeah, December um, 3rd, 2nd, whatever. Yeah, December 3rd, I think, yeah. yeah. So my thought was, well, why are they doing that? It's dumb. But the more we think about it, it makes sense because they can play those games and then go back home and hopefully things get better for them. Because it's it's road games, which going to have to be. And then let's say they don't play any games because they, you only need four non-conference games, I believe, is the recommendation. So maybe they can play New Mexico well, State twice in there. Yeah, and, and I mean, it, I don't know if you saw time. this or not yesterday, but they're, um, apparently the 13-game minimum is also now up for – discussion it's not steadfast and you can apply for a waiver if you don't meet all the th- and that's not even you know non-conference that's if you don't hit 13 games at all all season you can apply for a waiver and you might still be able to make the ncaa tournament and so. also sort of breaking news from jeff Grammer. if you're not following him on twitter what are you doing he's amazing for college right. basketball and new mexico basketball lobos aggies and the mountain west he had an article about hour about 90 minutes ago from now Lobos could decide by Wednesday, which probably when you're hearing this <laughs> Wednesday, so the Aggies could be, or excuse me, the excuse me, Lobos could be going somewhere particularly, depending what Eddie Nunez, the AD, wants to decide to do. And so it's going to be tough because the reason, like Danny Gonzalez, I believe it's there, maybe it's Nunez for football side, the reason they're doing the uh, football thing because it's either you get your $3.7 million for football and the whole co- your athletic department or you get nothing essentially like well and you spend four hundred thousand dollars so it's like well what are you gonna do it's like it's it's obvious choice right yeah it's and then look at the really quick new mexico state um it goes they took a team bus tuesday night to fly to, to phoenix so they didn't fly they drove to phoenix which i don't think it's too far from that area um they'll stay five weeks conference play starts in january they could stay longer if needed at the arizona grand resort this rate seems quite reasonable. $78,000? That doesn't sound outrageous. For, for how long? Five weeks. That sounds for twenty. Yeah, people? I mean, that's... Ten rooms, probably? Food and all that stuff? Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. It's, it sounds reasonable, but that's what they're working on right now. So we'll see what goes on. Um, yeah, here it goes. Um, <laughs> there's also oh, hold on. That, hold on, that's not everything. That's for accommodations. Food could cost another twenty-one grand, approximately. Here we go. Okay, see, so, this but is that's all, get but, that, you. but no, but that's also like the typical food cost you spend to get the athletes food, anyways, on campus. So it's not an additional cost. That's about what it costs. So like, oh, okay. Because okay. players, I'm assuming, because when I played, when I did college athletics during camp, and like when you're on the road, you got a per diem per day. Ours, like when you were when school wasn't session, but you had to be there, you got. I don't know. We got thirty bucks a day or something like that. Nothing great for traveling. Maybe twenty twenty bucks a day or nothing great, but enough to cover. You're not gonna go hungry, obviously. Not a right, ton, right, but right, so that's right, what right. that entails. But that's a. I don't know what the Lobos are gonna do because I'm guessing like couldn't they just play New Mexico State a couple times to get a couple games in? Like why would that be an issue? I mean, I don't know that it would necessarily be a, an issue. Um, I guess if they're Phoenix, thought... maybe not. Never mind. <laughs> Oh well, yeah, <laughs> right. So I guess it would would become an issue that way. But hey, maybe they can uh, go to Phoenix and play in a little pod with New Mexico State and Grand Canyon or something. That's what I'm thinking. Like if they go to, or if well, I guess not in Vegas because there's not many teams. But like, dude, if they come, like, okay, I don't want to recommend more people coming to my state of Utah because cases are ridiculous. But if you do come to Utah, BYU, Utah Valley. Weber State, Southern Utah, Dixie State, Utah. There's plenty of teams to play. You can get some games in. You know what I mean? I mean, heck, you don't even have to go into the northern part of the state, right? You can just stay in the southern part and you can get a few games. You, yeah, if you, like if you stay like in Salt Lake City, you are about three hours from Cedar City, which is southern Utah. You are about two and a half to two hours to Utah State up north, but you wouldn't be playing them. So farther north you go is Weber State, which is maybe just over an hour from Salt Lake area. And they, they could stay, yes, stay central, Utah, BYU right nearby, Utah. Like, why not? Like, well, I know why I not, mean, but that's an well, ideal place. <laughs> that if they want games to be played, like Utah, BYU already has their schedule out, so they can't get in there. But go to a place where there's a bunch of programs where you can get games in. I think that's ideal. Like, going to Nevada doesn't seem likely for basketball. Arizona's good because Arizona, Arizona State, Grand Canyon, Northern Arizona, um, New Mexico State's hanging out there. That's five teams right there. If you could play a round robin with three of those, that's six games, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I mean at a certain point if you're crossing if you're crossing state boundaries, does it really, you know, I don't know if the back. idea is to do something you want to be able to, you know, bus to, but if you're if you're willing to maybe fly some of these, you know, a team out somewhere, then hey, there's a lot of states you could maybe go to. Yeah, like if they have a base uh, in Phoenix, like the next Mexico State, they could drive to somewhere and play you know what i mean like that's a possibility yeah. but as for schedule itself like i i like this better because it's it gives you basketball like every day so that's cool which uh a lot of basketball going on multiple days before games sunday games no tv set up yet for this but it, it makes sense i like this better because it reduces travel so overall it's is there any negatives really about the about the schedule i don't think so no, I mean, well, if you're Brian Dutcher, you probably hate that there's early games and there's 20 games. But other than that, I mean, Brian Dutcher's never going to be happy about the Mountain West schedule, though, right? Follow so. um, the Chip Kelly route. It's 2020, bro. Who cares? Like what <laughs> right. he said about football. is like, dude, somebody asked him literally today or yesterday, schedule integrity. Because what they happened over the weekend, they had to play that Sunday game versus uh, Cal instead of playing Utah, which is not a division game. He's like... Dude, it's 2020. Do, roll with it. Like, come on. Yeah. All I right. mean, one last thing so. here before we go in. NCAA tournament going to Indianapolis, basically official, right? Yeah. Oh, it is. It's, uh, it's, I mean, I think the sites themselves have not been completely determined, but the idea that they are moving to a central location, and I believe that, have they confirmed that it's going to, no, I think it's still. Likely, they're still in pre- preliminary talks with the state of Indiana. Indiana. Code word, but it's happening. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. So what do you? Think I don't think this? they would have announced you, it if it wasn't. What do you think about now? it? Like, I think this is a smart move. Matt and Orlando CBS brought this up a few months ago, and we had our yeah. own little idea about a pod or bubble type situation, whether it be one location or have the regions all together, like East, West, Midwest, South, like, and then you converge for the Final Four, but. I don't think there's a negative out. I guess the only negative I would say is that you're bringing a ton of people from out of state. I think if they do it, like we'll get to Rick Pitino's comment in a minute too. But Andy, I think like if they come in, they need to have where at least a week of just chilling in their hotel because 
do you know how many people come in? Like 68 teams. You're bringing in over, what, 15 people per, probably 20 people. You're bringing about 1,500, 2,000, almost 2,000 people to the area. You don't want to just unleash them on the public. Right. Well, and I think that's why there's, I think, a push to kind of spread it out around a few different towns, you know, like uh, Lafayette, where Purdue is, I think is maybe on there. Uh, Bloomington, Indiana, where, you know, IU is. Uh, Muncie, where Ball State is. I think there's some ideas to spread it out a little bit. So maybe you don't have that. And then for everybody to, again, kind of come in and converge in Indianapolis. But I think the the benefit to having everybody in one state is you're not going to, you don't want to end up having one bubble in California and then California gets shut down and those guys can't leave or, you know, mm-hmm. basically you don't want to have something, you want everybody in the same place when the tournament starts. I understand that why you'd want to get everybody centrally located from the beginning because you've got all these different mandates coming out and, and and provisions coming out and it makes sense from a public health standpoint why they would happen but it's going to cause a logistical nightmare if you are trying to deal with those in the middle of a tournament uh so so getting those getting it to where you're really only having to deal with one state government uh at a time might be no, really beneficial if you're the ncaa it, no it makes sense but i don't think anybody's a restriction on leaving the state like you can go i don't think they're gonna keep anybody in like you can't go, but it's like coming to like, what if Indiana has an issue where like currently in Mexico, you come in two week quarantine, no matter what, or the next, I'm assuming they'll have stuff in place like Hawaii to have a positive or excuse me, a negative test or two weeks. There'll be something like that in place clearly, but some states, if it's cause this, who knows, March is a long ways away. Who knows what happens? Yeah. Then, but it's well, and just to clar- clarify what I was trying to say, I meant more like if you were to go- come in, from out of state and you can't go back home gotcha. because oh, yeah. you know oh, yeah. something like that happened you know like uh, like utah and south dakota have that thing going on right now right where like if you went to south dakota you wouldn't be able to necessarily come uh, back without quarantining first oh, yeah, Is that- quarantine like even yeah yeah, yeah that's, but i don't think we don't actually utah's weird but there's not official quarantine well, anyway okay so, out, but i get your point like if you go to these that's what states, i was going for yeah, you yeah. can be stuck for two weeks like okay whatever it sucks yeah but but i think it's a good idea. Um, really quick, let's get to Rick Bettino's comments on Iona College. He's been on this all all season long, the past few months. It's the most pub Iona's gotten since I start yelling about them on Twitter sometimes. <laughs> but, like, we, we, you and I brought this idea before. What's the rush? Why does it have to be in March? Can you give me a good reason besides it's normally in March that it has to be done in March? No. No, I can't. It's a perfect um, answer. No, I don't know. Marketing, I marketing, I guess. You know, like, can you... Are, are are they still gonna call it March Madness if it starts in May? Are they March gonna, Madness twenty twenty one? I don't know, man. No, no. Like it's I got it. I got it. March it, Madness twenty twenty one. Or no. March Madness May edition twenty twenty one. There you go. <laughs> or trademark made May Madness. Like, is it even out there? It's like pretty sure they trademark every month for madness, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, somebody has to, right? <laughs> I can search right now. Oh yes, hold on. May Madness has been trademarked. Hold on. Serial number oh. Two numbers long, filed by David Roy McMinn, October 14th, 2015. Covers athletic apparel. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Perfect. Um, athletic apparel, namely shirts, pants, jackets, footwear, hats, caps, uniforms, okay. ch- children's and infant's apparel, no, namely wait. jumpers. What is this guy's name again? What is this guy's name? Um, where'd it go? Hold on. Blah, 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 blah. Did you, uh, where'd it go? I just had it. Um, uh, there's an employee name. Hold on. Where'd it go? Oh, it got abandoned at one point. Hold on a second. Oh, shoot, hold on. Uh, 2023, um, abandonment notice mailed after publication of 2016. Maybe it's not. Maybe, well, then, well then, hey, then if it's abandoned, then it's Oh, open, no, it is right, right? here. Status 605 abandoned. Why are we broadcasting this? How do I get to my my local notary to get go, this trademark? Go, go. <laughs> well, hey, I mean, I work for a uh, for an IP law firm. Dude. I can uh, give you some tips on how to file a trademark. Go do it. All right. But the point being, there's no bad reason because <laughs> – Basically, what Rick Pitino is saying is, who needs non-conference games? This goes back to our bigger right. conversation we talked about before, where you have you you did this on our side, like give the average bids over the past decade, where that's fairly equitable to see who gets what on typical 
because it's hard yeah. to tell. It's like in football right now, like Pac-12 might be playing seven football football games or five if you're Utah or something, whereas the Big Ten or BYU is playing ten plus games. SEC is going for eleven, so it's hard to know a five and zero team versus a ten and one team. It's very difficult. It's also difficult to say how good is this team in the let's say Ivy League play. They're not. They're actually opting out, but let's say there's a team from a not a power conference, not a not a traditional even mid mid middle in middle in conference like. Say, remember at Florida Gulf Coast, like maybe yeah. they again, but like their 15th seed made Sweet 16. Say there's a team like Belmont's a good example. For years ago, they've always had a team that's pretty good, but they have to win their league to get in. They get upset, or whatever. But there could be two teams that are really good because they split a series but lose the conference tournament and they're not out. And they're out because well, you only lost one game all year. But sorry, we're having Jim Beheim seven and twelve Syracuse team get in just because <laughs> or whatever. And so that's. That's where the average comes in, but that's where move it back, like Patino suggests, do only conference games because he's also a newer show where that was like one of the first major breakouts on the East Coast of this whole thing in the whole country. Like it was, there's yeah. the National Guard. Like there's, there's a lot of Orthodox Jewish community because I'm uh, community. Like I went to school there. It's not a college town. There's like maybe 3,000 college students, but it's in a Westchester County, affluent area. There's also a lot of a, a Jewish community surrounding that area as well. Too. And so they're and not saying there's any what they did, but that was uh, you're going to synagogue, you're going to temple, a lot of gatherings there for going to activities. So mm, mm, he's yeah, been there right. and lives it and knows what's going on. But why not do just league play, expand the tournament a little bit? He's not even suggesting that, and then go through May where you can have a full tournament. Because how weird would it be to be at the if there's no fans not having at the uh, RCA Dome, whatever it's called now in Indianapolis where the Colts play, they'll probably have it at Bloomington or Purdue or. The Pacers, I guess, would be a spot where they played at was it Katsiko Fieldhouse? Like Yeah, I think why well, would you have a giant stadium where you can have four thousand people there? You know what I mean? It's like I this idea should be done. Look what the trouble they're having right now for football and everywhere else. Like there's no point in rushing this through. Yeah. No, I I agree that there's that there's no point in rushing. And I'm glad, you know, that they're at least even if they might still be pushing the schedule a little bit to try to get this thing done, you know, in March or started in March. Uh, I'm glad that they're at least taking these steps like to move it to Indianapolis or whatever now, rather than waiting until January to announce this. I mean, now is already later than it should have been. They probably should have been planning this for <laughs> a while. And I hey, get, hey, hey, everybody on. was like, kind of crossing 11th, their fingers. Like they had this last year, now. March 11th, 2020. They knew what was going on. They canceled tournaments the week after. You're telling me just now? It's like it, we know why it's all about money, but it's like have more. Well, I think everyone players. was just you know really holding out that it was gonna get better. Uh, and I don't want to go in a rant, but America's stupid because <laughs> no, I, I'll, I'll give I'll give one minute. No, I that's don't a care. great way to not start a rant. No, I, I will do it quickly. Major- okay, I can say it nicely. I can say it rude, or what's what's really thinking. I've seen TV. We see who goes, to, who's at football games, who's at events. People are not patient enough to take this serious enough to want these other things that they could have by now. We see in Europe of all these soccer games going on with people there are not there. Like even with people not in the stands, we still can't have games, right? Right. So that's my point. Like people are just honestly not everybody, but if you look from a macro view, we're being selfish in this country for. I got to go to my dude. I got to go see the tenant at the movie. Come on. That play my cousins in. I definitely got to go see that play over at the uh, local theater. You know what I mean? At the local playhouse, whatever it may be. Yeah. I, I got to go. Party in. party I want to go to. I know. I got to go to this. There's a party busted up with thousands of people across the lake from like, what are you guys doing? It's like, honestly, we're being selfish. Not we, but the macro, the royal we are being selfish about, yeah, let's wait till the vaccine and be good. No. Had people done better things, we had better organizational from the ground up, we would be losing very few games. There would be schedule adjusted, and maybe we could have a traditional season or closer to what we're doing now. So that's my big deal. It's like we're just selfish and waiting for it to happen. Like look everywhere across the world, it's maybe not it's better, not completely better, but you could do more things or have your sporting events. So that's all I'm just saying. Nobody took it as serious enough as a group, enough people. I should say there are plenty of people that are. I am you. I'm sure you are, and a lot of people listening are as well. But enough people aren't doing it seriously, or they're like, "Well, if they don't tell me what to do, I'm not going to do it," or "I don't care what to do." 
it's just a mess, and that's the problem what we're in. But let's move on. All right. Um, but May Madness, let's fu- tell. Hey, just shoot me the DM so I could trademark that and then sell it back to well, for like for like a hundred thousand dollars, dude. Exactly. I'll take twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> how, how much does a trademark cost? You can tell me, right? Do you know? Not very much, right? Um, actually, well, so I work mostly in patents, so I'd actually have to look that up. I know a patent costs like two thousand dollars. Okay, fine. I'll like pay two thousand for a trademark. Give me twenty grand. I'm good. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, you know there are other ways to make money, though, Jeremy. What, what is that? What do you got? Uh, I don't know. I, I'm sure that you can. You can go. I don't. I don't think made this whole May Madness thing. I mean, look at the guy who tried to trademark all of those different uh, Washington football hey, teams. He's names. not done yet. He is done. He, he's never going to make any money. This guy is a. He, he's a joke. Patrol, is that what you're getting at? You can say it. <laughs> all right, let's move on. Here. Well, yeah, yeah. you got one more thing to add about him. You could say it. It's no, 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 no. I'm good. Nobody's listening. We're okay. It's just you and me. I was just gonna. I'm just gonna say that I, I remember talking about this with people at my firm, and like, yeah, the just this is a like one of those guys who files frivolous lawsuits, kind of a thing. You know, it's like no nobody takes it seriously. I would say about that, it's not the dumbest move, but also who's dumber? Hammer Washington did not have these things locked up, locked up with names been issued for like ten years at minimum. Yeah, I mean that's that's fair, but there is. Uh, you got to show that you're actually going to be able to use the thing and <laughs> do it. I don't exactly. think you can really prove that on his end. But anyway, I don't want to get you stuck in the weeds of law. Let's so. move on. Let's talk about my bookie. So we need to we need to we need to um, get some money on our end. So this is how you can help us. Yeah, you missed my segue here. I was trying to get you to this. I knew you were. You no, I knew we could. I have it in front of me for like two minutes. <laughs> I brought that up, but we have obviously college basketball. Um, NFL, college hoops, college football, um, we'll see what's going on and every other sport across the world, but no shortage of games to watch. Just like your Cleveland Browns to Nick Chubb. Were you, really quick, were you a fan of that or did you care? Did you just want the victory with him stepping out of bounds and not going for the touchdown? Oh, I don't. I have him on my fantasy teams. I don't care at all. It, whatever you needed to do to secure a win, I'm happy with that. So, yeah, that, that's fine by me. I, I, I never expect anything when I draft Cleveland players on my fantasy <laughs> team. So it's fine. Exactly. But there's people who lost money, whether it be gambling or fantasy stuff. It's like, I get it. It's fine. I had the opposite thing when uh, Todd Gurley inadvertently went to the end zone. I'm like, oh, I got, a- oh, yeah. I got another touchdown. I didn't realize what happened because I don't play super close attention to every game. I'm like, oh, heard in the huddle, Matt Ryan's like, do not score. Do not score. <laughs> oh, he kind of tripped him and kept going. So be careful when you bet that. So that's a thing that happens. But that could have helped you either way. So you also it could have busted up your parlay or not, but it doesn't matter. Have some fun. My bookie's here to help you because we could give you a nice little bonus here. But you got parlays. You can do underdogs, which are awesome, or favorites. Doesn't matter. Just kind of and get get with it. Like oh, I if my like I will bet against my team if I can win money. I don't care. I'm fine with that. So you can make some yeah. money makers. So you get the value. The pro, player prop bets are awesome too. So you can pick like yardage or catches or whatever prop bet you want, like over under on like specific stats. So here we got championship futures as well. Prop bets I mentioned, but use our code overtime to get a 50% deposit. So if you spend 200 bucks, you'll get a hundred dollars added. So if you did happen to lose money, Nick Chubb, well, you didn't really lose money because you got free money, right? So that's um, always a nice thing to do. So head over to my bookie, use that code overtime and we will hook you up with um, a few dollars here and there to get you uh, to what your whistle. We like to say. All right, you ready? What two teams are we doing? We've gone for 32 minutes, and what we're talking San Diego State, right? <laughs> we're doing San Diego State and San Jose State, so we are doing the top and the bottom of the league. If you, you know, if you follow the preseason polls. <laughs> no, you're correct. Top and bottom, at least the bottom. <laughs> um, let's start with San Jose State because they are a team that loses guys what every six months to transfer portal. I mean, it seems like that was a pattern going on, but this year they got they got really fortunate to bring back their top guys. Um, so they're kind of bucking that trend a little bit. And I think you might actually be able to see them. St- I mean, I'm not, not going to go too crazy here, but you might be able to see them showing continued signs of success because as you know, it's, it's, it's easy to poke fun at this team because the win totals have been so low the past few years, but I mean, they almost doubled last year in their win totals. They went from four to seven. They won three Mountain West games. I mean, these are the small steps that you have to take when you're a program that's just been getting hit with 
shot after shot to just kind of keep knocking your momentum back. Like they've had players on, on this team. They just have they, have, they had Brandon Clark. He was in the NBA yeah, now. I mean, they got they've got guys who I think uh, a guy who's going to be starting or playing a lot of minutes for USC and uh, Noah Bauman who was here and who left. Uh, Michael Stedman, I think, is another guy who left, went to Montana. So they've had a you know some really uh, Brandon Clark's the really big yeah. <laughs> uh, example here, but they they've had this year after year and. You know, it's one of those things where Jean Prelot came into a pretty bad situation. Dave Wojcik didn't really leave him a good a good place, but well, this Andy is left year like mid summer because I think it's his mom's health issue. He left like mid summer. Yeah, and and so I don't know. You got this, and it's it's year four now for Jean Prelot, and it's kind of like the the last year of a presidential term right where you you can't really keep blaming it on the last guy after a while you at some point these become your issues um and it becomes your team for real and i think we're seeing this we're seeing him building that now and this year is gonna i i think gonna be kind of a culmination of that and this could be kind of a make or break year i think for for Jean Prelot and really for this program to see if they're able to kind of get on any sort of upward trajectory. Well, one player they have is Seneca Knight. Yeah. Who, very exciting player who's going to be, who who could be some sort of all-conference type player when it's all said and done. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's I think so. One of the more exciting players in the country. He's a guard, decent size, 6'6". Six, six. Um, he, about 17 points a game last year. He's a guy where the talent stayed, so Prelude, it's like, I'm going to make a bold prediction. He's going to be back for a fifth year because maybe he could pull a Brett Brennan football situation where they're doing amazing. They're undefeated at the moment. The football squad beat San Diego State, which is amazing. The one thing where they need to do the – there's a lot of stuff going on, like turnover margin needs to get better. Defense, like Overall, they need to get better. I'm not going to say they were very, very good at anything, but here's the thing. You cannot be dead last like at scoring defense and then not scoring points also. Like, they need to lower that gap. Like, the elevator thing kind of push those together so they're closer where, okay, maybe they're fifth in the conference in scoring offense and sixth in scoring defense, and they're a top 185 team, middle of the pack. That could lead to a couple more wins. And that's what this team needs to do. Like, here's the thing about rotating talent. It's like, okay, you come in, great. This guy's out, this guy's in, this guy's out. You don't have any consistency or cohesion. And having players return who are on this roster – it's like the saying, you bring back talent, you bring back not talent, but a guys who played a lot of games. Doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be better the next year just because they have that one year of experience. But right. I'm pretty sure they're not going to be worse. And basketball is what you see all the time in tournaments. You see, why the heck is George Mason doing this? Why is this Belmont doing this? Why is Florida Gulf Coast or UNLV or San Diego State making runs when they're beating up on a Duke or a UNC or a UCL? Like, Top tier programs, Indiana, Purdue. I mean, those type of type of schools. Kentucky. Well, Kentucky has five freshmen starting. This team has three juniors and two seniors, and sixth and seventh men are redshirt seniors, and they've played and know each other and can outthink and outsmart the guys over their athleticism. Not saying that's the case here, but that's kind of the idea. Getting that with these guys returning, there's not a new learning curve for half the team. Like, oh, what's your name again? Right. Well, and that's actually interesting that you say that because a new guy who's going to be coming in, a Juco transfer, uh, Jalen Delcourt is coming in. He actually played junior college ball with Richard Washington on this same roster right now. And in high school, apparently he played against Seneca Knight a bunch. And, you know, so uh, there is some familiarity already, even with the new guys coming, coming in. Um, so I think that's going to be good too, because, uh, Bray Ivy was the point guard for the team before, and he graduated. So you kind of got a, you've got a lot of big wings, good scoring guards, kind of big sizey guys on this roster. But you, there wasn't a clear successor already on the roster to kind of take over that point guard spot. You've got some other guys like Kason Hammonds, um, who got some time last year, maybe who could have jumped into the role. Uh, but I think Jalen Dalcourt's going to come in and be probably the guy who takes that role at the start. And again, with that familiarity with guys like Washington and Knight, who are, you know, the the center of the team, the kind of the core of the talent on the team, I think that could really, again, help exactly to the point you were making. 
speed up this process of this team gelling together. And I think that's a, a pretty interesting little, I don't know. I think it's a pretty cool thing to have bringing a guy who's familiar with, with the players on your roster. So if they returned three starters, right? Night they, one, yeah. And, uh, well, yeah. I mean, the, well, the lineups kind of changed that's a little bit, apologies. but they, they returned, <laughs> you know, a bunch of guys who got minutes for sure. Uh, Seneca white, Richard Washington, uh, you got Ralph Agee, you've got Amari Moore, you've got Eduardo Lane, Kaysan Hammonds, a lot of guys who, you know, were in the rotation. Amari um, Moore, who, in his final game, 17.8 steals against New Mexico. That's pretty good. Yeah. Eight steals? Come on. Yeah. And hey, they, I mean, come on. Yeah, that's huge. Like, so, like, they have depth in the backcourt. I see. One of the guys who I like pretty good, like, three star, like, when did they ever get three star guy? Michael Ofogabu? Ofogabu? Uh, Ofebu. Ofebu. There you Ofebu. go. Yeah, like you uh, could come in and start right away, possibly. Well, and this is one right before we actually went on. So I uh, I put out a, a a tweet asking you know to kind of get hyped up on some of these new San Jose State guys because this is a team that doesn't get a huge amount of press, right? This nope. isn't you know a lot of people are writing about San Diego State in the off season. San Jose State doesn't get as much of that, so I just wanted to see. And actually, Richard Washington uh, jumped out and said, Mike. Michael Lefebvre would be a, a, a guy to watch. So I think you're on the money there. And I think he can provide a little bit of, you know, he's, he's six, seven, he's two Oh five. He's not the biggest guy in the world yet, but you know, if he provide gets a little stronger, maybe he could come in and be a front court presence in a team that could use a little more size. Um, you've got a guy six, eight, six, nine and Nate Lacewell, a freshman coming in, but he's another kind of wing guy he's six nine the same way that Derek Alston is six nine you know that doesn't make him a power forward or anything <laughs> he's just a big, uh, big three but you do have some big guys coming in in Hugo Clarkin a seven footer Chase Courtney and a six ten guy that size they need that but, backcourt size or frontcourt yeah they they've got this so you know the question is are the will they be more than warm bodies um and that's what that's what they need because you know, not to talk too too bad on anyone on the roster right now, but that's a this this team There's was one of the what they they were not great at defense last year at all, and like that's you don't need these guys to come in and score fifteen points a game or even grab ten rebounds, but you need them to be able to make it difficult for the other team to score and provide some sort of protection at the rim, even if you're not swatting the shot into the stands, just make it more difficult. Don't don't give up these easy points. Um, so, yeah, I think that this team they need a big a big man to step up. Um, there's a few guys on the roster who, hey, <laughs> the opportunity is wide open. I think John Prela would be absolutely happy to throw just heaps of minutes at anybody who wants to take that job. Um, someone's got to step up and do it. Yeah, and there's also a reason to bring in five freshmen to come out and start see, or to come into play, see what they can do. So yeah. this this team overall, like we're hyping them up, like they're gonna be I think they'll be better than last year, I think it's safe to say. Before we wrap it up here and move on, will they finish last in the conference? Are they gonna get above eleven? Can they be there for I don't I don't know. I see this is the problem is I doing the preview stuff, you you it's easy to fall in love with teams, right? I know I just exactly. Did the Air Force, <laughs> I did the Air Force preview for the site, and now I just you know did a bunch of uh, you know Return some research coach, today. Joe Scott, to really on. remember those those good years? Yeah, and it's like, and I want those two teams to win the conference now, and it's <laughs> like, yeah, they probably won't, but um, I do think that those two teams will probably be at the bottom. I I wouldn't be surprised to see them both, you know, end up with three, four wins. I do think Air Force probably has. I don't know. I, I Joe Scott has a little more proven track record, I guess. Um, and I, but also look at the fact I, that they lost. Though they lost so much talent and production. They did. They lost sixty percent of their scoring. Air Force did. While San Jose State is bringing back guys like Seneca Knight and Richard Washington, so I think San Jose State is an easy pick to throw at the bottom because you're so used to doing it. I think Air Force has a lot of issues that they're going to be dealing with, and let's be honest their their school is still on on pause right now for athletic events i believe or at least maybe they'll be coming off of that soon air force uh, is they're, they're gonna play their football game this weekend so they oh are, they are okay okay I'm easy sorry. Right. as of well as of now thank you thank you for the correct <laughs> schedule yeah, to be right. played 
<laughs> yeah, we'll see how much any of this gets played. But yeah, I don't know. Um, I think I'll just say this: the, not the really easy answer is to say that yes, yeah, San Jose is going to finish at the bottom. And I, I'll, let me just say, it's not as clear cut as that. I think that there are a couple teams. I'm not sure. You could even see a team like I don't know, like a New Mexico or an Air, or a Fresno State or a Wyoming slip to the bottom. So. You know, it might not be San Jose State or Air Force, but yeah, those two teams do have the best chance of ending up down there. I will just say not last. That's where I'm going with. Not last. <laughs> not last? Not last. That's my... Yeah. Uh, all right. Center, all right. So, all right, so Perfect. what do we got? Um, we got San Diego State. Yeah. Champions. We sure do. Preseason champions, right? What'd you say? Preseason champs, correct? They are picked as the preseason champs. That is correct. So we didn't mention NBA draft, but by the time you listen to this, Malachi Flynn will be a first on draft pick somewhere. So they lose him. It's a pretty big loss. But again, Brian Dutcher, um, what they have going on in down there in San Diego, it's a program where, which we've known for years, they're one of the best in the conference basically every single year. There's a couple years here and there. But this team is not like the AP and coaches poll came out. They're not getting any real consideration. There are a couple of votes here and there. I still hate how the AP put up the last year's poll and fooled me saying, what, they're number six? That I disliked. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, are you kidding me? Your preseason poll and you put the link to last year? Like, the- sent me that, and I was like, well, really? I mean, yeah. hey, they're, like, they're going to they be good, it, but I didn't what, 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 be Yeah, what it was was their – I guess it's probably the same link. They just, It's like if you ever look at some CBS projections where it's NCAA or even like Joe Lenardi, Lenardi ESPN, it's like there's a drop-down menu to change the date, but the URL is always the same. It was one of those things where it went to the page, but wasn't updated on the actual page. Right, right. Well, yeah. So they didn't get any love, you know. Well, I think they received some votes, yes. like you said. Um, but they didn't get, you know, in in the top twenty-five poll. They might find themselves back in there again. Um, I don't personally love this team as much as I really liked last year's team. Uh, oh, a but I didn't. They're almost I didn't love last year's team until they started playing. Yeah, <laughs> so. number one seed was in the bound, was in the midst. Yeah, it was it was right there. I mean, they were definitely going to be a one or a two. Yeah, so I don't know. I look at I look at the team that they're bringing in, and they bring in a guy who's really exciting, a really exciting scorer in Terrell Gomez from uh, Northridge. Mm-hmm. Northridge. He five eight. You know, small guy. Five eight. Yeah, <laughs> he's small, he is a small guy, but nineteen point eight points per game. I will say there's maybe a little bit of an asterisk on that. Um, you know, besides the fact that he shoots 15 times a game, he also plays like 37, 38 minutes over the last two years. Like the, the guy did not leave the floor. That's a, that's, I mean, that's great. You, yeah. you want that. Uh, you want a guy who's able to stay out there. I mean, he was playing 37 minutes a game. He averaged one foul a game last year. That's amazing. That I don't know how you no. do that. I think, I'm gonna be but negative. That means, that he's, that means he's not playing defense? good defense. No, I'm, that's why. Yeah, he's like, I'll let you come. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. So now I'm looking at his defensive ratings, which are all <laughs> not good. So okay. So he's not fouling anybody because maybe he's not playing that much defense. It's weird anybody. when he's five eight. You think he'd get in people's face to do what he can. He's because get the sure. perspective. Like I'm in your face, but if I back up, you have room. It's like I don't know. It's a uh, Whatever, but regardless, he's he's very good. Like this talent, clearly, Matt Mitchell gonna be candidate for Player of the Year, first team All oh, Conference yeah. guy. Like Shea Evans, who could be really good, the six seven forward. Like he could be a guy who coming to do something immediately. They do lose a lot of points, like the Flynn, Yanni Wetzel, KJ Fegan. That's about forty five points about there, if I'm correct. They're thirty no, thirty eight points. So they got to make up make up that somewhere. And it always comes down to be for Aztec hoops, defense. It's like football. We talk about the same thing. Like defense is always locked down. They've never really been an athletic scoring team. Like, not that they're athletic, but not in a team that's going to push it with their athleticism. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're not looking at this team scoring 100 points a night or anything like that. No. Or maybe even 80. Um, yeah. This, this team's going to be in the 60s again, probably, and, you know, be a little bit more deliberate with their, with their pacing, with their defense. Um, it's, it's a good formula when you can control the, the tempo like that. So, yeah, I think I, th- I I think thirty and two would be a lot to ask again, right? Of any team, <laughs> hey, you're not um, playing thirty two games, so impossible. But no, like good, the team, good like call. they've had offense, <laughs> like defense took a step back a couple years ago under Dutcher a little bit, but now I think they're finally kind of getting back in that groove where 
I think they're more athletic scoring wise. I should say they want to move more, move it down the field court more, score more, not just hold up and win fifty nine to forty eight or something, where it's like twenty to sixteen at halftime, where you don't want to watch the game even though they're really good because it's boring. So they they've moved beyond that, but if the def- defense gets back to what it was, that's really good. So here's what I really like about this team: like schedule wise, they open with UCLA, which is yeah. They play UCLA and then Irvine, the open like that's twenty fifth. Like they're a non conference schedule for the games they put in. Who knows what the NCAA tournament's going to look like or how it's going to be considered? But they have the games where, if this was a regular year, this would be one of the best non conference in the schedule in the league. UCLA they don't leave big shots for a while. <laughs> I know. I got Irvine, which is usually a decent Big West team. Arizona State, huh? BYU, and St. Mary's. That's solid for those five games. Yeah. And I'm looking at this now. Am I wrong? Arizona State is a ranked team, aren't they? It, I'm looking on the San Diego State's official website. It mentioned UCLA 22-21. Well, that's what I'm thinking because I'm looking at the same thing right now. It doesn't uh, show Arizona State it, it doesn't listen to them. So let me – I thought Arizona State did get – Maybe they got some votes perhaps. Uh, let's take a look here. I'm bringing up the rankings right now. Like overall, they get BYU who could be ranked. St. Mary's is a top three, top four team in the WCC. BYU yeah. is going to be top two team. Irvine okay, usually no. challenges. Right. Arizona State – Sorry to interrupt you here, but Arizona State is ranked higher than UCLA. Oh, they're, they're ranked se- yeah. They're ranked seventeenth in the coaches poll and eighteenth in the in the AP poll. So, so yeah. So, just to further your point of how good of a schedule this is, yeah. The game they want to win, one. they want to beat UCLA so bad. That's the yeah. team that's like hosting UCLA football. We beat them. We beat them in the Rose Bowl. It's like they want to crush them in basketball, and I don't see why not. They can't win that game and more. I know it's game one. It's a weird season, so who knows exactly what will happen. But, like, Aztecs team, they're at a point where, yeah, they're going to reload a bit here and there, but they're not a team that's going to have issues sizing up or be concerned about how good these other teams are. You know what I mean? So, like, that's not a concern. I, yeah, if I had to choose one team between Brian Dutcher's San Diego State and Mick Cronin's UCLA and which is going to come out flat in game one, I am leaning towards Mick Cronin's UCLA team coming out flat. And, you know, so, yeah, I could see San Diego State definitely pulling off that win. Yeah, um, you know who also thinks and, that? And what's Ken, that? Ken Palm also is, agrees with you. Ken Palm well, has hey, UCLA as, a, as San Diego State as a one-point favorite. Heck yeah, look at that. They actually, I'm already, you know, right there. I'm synergy. I got it going on. I'm, I'm locked in. <laughs> they, they predict one loss for San Diego State. The only loss at Arizona State but still giving them a one in three chance to win that game. Yeah, okay, yeah, but you're, you're looking at Ken Palm too, right? Of course, why not? You, you have Just to. look at the projected record though. At the bottom, it's nineteen and six, even what? though they're actually projected Ken, to win Ken, all these games. What are you doing? <laughs> this is my favorite part because I think Ken is just saying, "Look, in each game, but the probability that they actually that all of the probabilities happen, I think, is I don't know. Oh, like, maybe that's what so that why is. I don't I don't get into this part of it with the analytics stuff that I do because different oh boy yeah it's just a lot of a lot of projections and a lot of that advanced math that i think is very very cool and interesting but i don't know how much you can really laugh don't get too deep in every little bit right exactly but regardless that record wise doesn't surprise me that they could go through and lose only a couple games all year like that non-conference slate here's the thing they're not going to be i don't think they're going to be both ucla or arizona state they could lose to BYU because even though they don't have the only child, they're still really good with who they have coming back. Like of these games, oh, yeah. like I on it to like if we're being like real, real, it's not just kind of homer for them to do well. The, every game outside of UC Irvine is losable. I would say. Like they could lose to UCLA, they could lose to Arizona State, they could lose to BYU. I don't, really, I don't think they would lose to St. Mary's, but That's I mean Randy that, Bennett. I would Randy put that Bennett is always. Good, right? So I'd put that more than but, most likely, but I'm saying like I don't see them at all 100% not losing UC Irvine. I could see a scenario where they lose those other games. Like the order of yeah, yeah, yeah. difficulty, St. Mary's would be the most likely, would be the least likely for them to. Uh, it's also in San Luis Obispo, so I don't know why it's being played there, but it is. That's what it says on the uh, schedule. Is that because is St. Mary's in Santa Clara County? I know there's some. They're, yeah, they're up north. Or maybe it's yeah. or it's like a turn multi league thing and that's all they listed. So maybe that's it. Well when I saw the when I saw the announcement for this, it was just this game is happening at Cal Poly's campus. So I don't know if it's something special about Cal Poly or if it's maybe the game was originally supposed to be in 
Moraga and that can't be played there, or no, maybe games, that's just the um, point between San Diego and Moraga. I don't really know. Quick, I'm looking at their schedule. No, they're playing games at home, like Eastern Washington, UTEP, Texas Southern. Um, I don't know why that we should look into more, but maybe it's a I don't know. Well, I can see it being a map because I don't know California geography super well, but I'm looking, you know. You got Moraga there, San Diego there. I think where San Luis Obispo is is kind of in the middle there. So that could just be, you know, it could just literally be let's meet in the middle. That is weird. Um, but like, but my but my point being is that's the most likely victory. But I can still see them stumbling in that game. You get my point there. Like that's a possibility against St. Mary's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's how you like it's good. It's it's a good enough to and at large big clearly, but. Like they're not, they're going to be a good team. Like those games, like right now, looking over at um, Lenardi, they have them as a somehow only a 12 seed, which is weird. I think it'd be a touch higher. But like overall, like if they were to win, like if we're looking projecting ahead, like let's just say they do really good and lose two non conference games. Like they go three and two. Who they play, that's perfectly fine. You know what I mean? Like that's not going to be an issue. But if they were to beat like UCLA and Arizona State and a potentially ranked BYU team who's battling Gonzaga for the West Coast Conference title, like, they legitimately could play three teams that are vying for a conference championship. Like, Arizona State, UCLA, BYU-St. Mary's. like Or four teams. Maybe not St. Mary's as much, but half their non-conference schedule could be against league champs. Yeah, I mean, UC Irvine will probably be yeah, in the mix right up there for their league, too. So, you know, got to count them in. But, but no, yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, they are not playing. You know, it's not like they scheduled Santa Clara and Pepperdine or, you know, Loyal Marymount. They got... <laughs> good top teams from the West Coast Conference. You know, they didn't get Gonzaga, but they got these guys. They got two of the top three teams in the Pac-12. Dude, they Again, they didn't, home. Come on, they didn't go for Oregon State and, you know, and, and USC. They went for UCLA and Arizona State. This is a good schedule, man. I like it a lot. It's going to be tough. There's that one stretch we were talking about before later in the conference turn in the conference play where they're, you know, from February 3rd to February 10th, they have four games. But you know, it's everybody's gonna have that. I think twenty twenty man. What was the Chip Kelly? Chili? Yeah, dude. <laughs> Chip 20, Kelly twenty twenty, bro. Come on. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. So you know, we'll just kind of have to roll with the punches. And I don't think. I mean, look, these guys. I don't think they're gonna be complaining about playing four games in a week. These guys are college athletes, right? They can do this. They're young guys. They're yeah. Chomping at the bit to get these games in. I think they'd be super happy to play this many. So well, like even and hey, for twice, some of them, it's gonna like, be good you know, good practice for when the in the NBA and, you know, you got to play a series. Really quick though. January 22nd, January 30th, same thing. Four games, eight days or nine days. Oh yeah. Like they you're have, right. It's going to happen. And, and two of those are in, you know, the air force Academy, which as, yeah. as you are always quick to point out is a tough place to play. It is. So, so over, like, look at this schedule overall. Like, we know the team's good. You know the players. We don't need to dive into Matt Mitchell all stuff. We know what they do good. They brought in the transfer, who's a great three-point shooter, which will help them out quite a bit. But, like, in the schedule in general, not just San Diego State, I can see a scenario for any of the top teams dropping random games because, while well, it is four games in, eight, in, like, nine days or whatever, that's still, if you're doing that back-to-back-to-back, like, think about this way. If it's back-to-back, that's eight games in basically just over two weeks. You're not practicing with your team very often. So there could be issues where there could be an upset. Like what's going to make this season so fun is these back-to-back games. Like they get to spend, which is kind of unfortunate, they get to go to Vegas or New Year's Eve to play UNLV on the 31st. Maybe there'll be fireworks they could see from their window at the Tropicana (laughs) or wherever they're staying at, or maybe it's a Marriott. I don't know. But these games, like, if it's gonna be here, like if game one's close, game two, it's gonna be amazing how these how these games go. Like you could see a thirty point swing from game one to game two because you're scouting more, you're familiar, you want revenge, or the flip right. side, like these, there will be upsets in the season just because of you're playing a lot of games in a short amount of time, but also you get familiarity back to back games where there'll be a lot of fun things to watch when you're playing game two. When say game one's a buzzer beater and you're back, you're right back at it to go against this team. You're not waiting five days or even to play a game or let alone weeks to play them again. You're playing them. Yeah, I mean, well, and just think about too, if you get some guys who, you know, things start getting a little chippy, you get yeah. guys chirping back and forth, a little push and shoving, you know, that two games in three days, you can get, get to see some real exciting things happen there. I mean, I'm not wanting any violence or anything like that. Of course I wouldn't advocate that, but you know, 
some fun. We can certainly get some of that, some jawing, some, uh, I don't know. It's always kind of fun to see some, some energy, some, some passion come out there. And I think when you're running up against those guys, really going down to the trenches multiple times back and forth, and you see that guy again the next night, you know, yeah, you might, it's like uh, the pitcher, right? Doing sees the same lineup again the next time and might want to treat him a little differently. All right. So is San Diego State going to win a conference? No. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's my pick just because I'm just, I'm going with the pattern of the last couple of years where the top team coming in hasn't done it. I'm not as sold on this set of transfers. I'm ready to be wrong about this, but I'm, I'm throwing my weight behind Boise State, I think, in winning this, uh, this year. Uh, I, so I think San Diego State is going to be right next to them, right behind them, maybe one game back from them, if that, you know. But you want you want a solid answer here. You don't want a maybe or they could. So I'm going to say no. They're not going to win it. So where are they finishing? They might win the they might win the tournament though, but okay. they won't win the 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 Mountain West tournament. I mean, but they won't win the conference championship. So you're going Boise, you Boise then San Diego State. Yeah, I think that's how my one two is going to be one Boise State, then San Diego. I'm sure I'm going to get. A bit of flack for that, but yeah, it is what it is. You know what I'm doing? I will. What's that? I am agreeing and disagreeing with you. So you're doing Boise State at the top, but San Diego State's not second? No. Utah oh, State God. Aggies. Oh, give Utah me, State Aggies. Give me some okay. Justin Bean and Nemus Kata to Kate, think about it really quick. Not that we're, we'll get to Aggies later, but guess who had a knee injury all last year and barely played? Had load management, couldn't play very much. No, just Nemus Kata, who's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I don't disagree with you really there either. So, I, it's gonna be the top. It's gonna, gonna be so fun, man! It's gonna be great. I'm really excited. I just want these games to start. I am gonna go with. I'll give my order now because we'll get to later. I'm gonna go Utah State, San Diego State, Boise State. Any of those okay. three can win it, but I like to be different because why? Why do you want to go to consensus a lot of the times? Like if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, whatever. But like, sure. there's reasons to say why Aztecs can win and can't win, or Boise State or Utah State can win. I don't think there's any other team that can, will win the title. UNLV might be able to pick off one or two of those, like Fresno State possibly. Like they, there'll be some weird losses throughout the year. Like they're always typically are maybe sure, a bit sure. more. Especially remember how big home court is in the league. Like I could see a team going zero and two, like a freaking out when Boise loses to Fresno twice. Like, what the heck's going on? Or San Diego State splits with Wyoming for some reason out in the auditorium arena at 7,200 feet. Right. So <laughs> they'll be worse stuff, but any team can win it, like, of those three. But the reason – the only reason I think because you lose the best player in the conference from last year. You lose a lot of points. You bring in a new guy who hasn't been able to practice as much, playing much tougher competition as well. So, like – I, don't, I hate to hedge my bet so they could win, but I'm not going to lie. Any team could win, but like, I want to go with what I think what Utah State could do. Utah State's not afraid of them. They beat them last year. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, and- absolutely. No, and, and you know, to, to what I was saying about Boise State, for them to go and do this, that's going to take a big step forward. For Utah State, for San Diego State, that's them saying, hey, we've been here before, and yeah, we're still here. We're still this good, right? Boise State has a lot more approved than either of those two teams that, that they're at that level, right? I mean, it's been a while since Leon Rice has had the team there. So, yeah, I think my my Boise State pick is a little bit more of going out on a limb because Leon Rice has had quite a bit of talent at times and hasn't always done every you know the best job with it recently. But I really, really like this roster that they've got coming in. Um, I love San Diego State's as well, but I don't like the new guys coming in quite as much as I think I like Boise States. And that's really the difference to me. Um, the same with Utah state. I do think that they have the most consistency in terms of what's coming back in the starting lineup. I don't know about Utah state's depth. I don't like it as much as the other two teams. So that's kind of how I get to Boise state, San Diego state, Utah state as my top three. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I think that we are really splitting hairs between three really good teams here. All I want is Leon Rice to set the floor on fire again. Can that happen? Yeah. Can we light a match on the hardwood at, don't call it Taco Bell Arena, whatever it's called now. <laughs> Extra mile. Extra <laughs> oh, that's mile right. The gas station. Yeah, I got a couple of those around town. So if he can light, <laughs> if he can light the floor on fire, I'm all behind him. But, all right, that's our San Diego State preview, San Jose State preview. 
I guess, spoiling our final preview. We'll have a couple of a couple more to do because we're almost out of time and schedules are basically set. But guess what? They're not all set, so neither are ours. So we'll have – are we going to do – how many teams do we have left? We have UNLV. Well, we have three teams left. we got UNLV, Utah State, and Wyoming. So I say we knock them all out in one go. Yeah, so that'll be soon, within a week. Because <laughs> we got a season starting pretty soon here. we got about a yeah. week. And so – We'll get those teams done, out of the way, talk about them. We don't want to ignore anybody, but check us out, mwr.com. we got everything going for you there. Basketball, a bunch of previews coming out. Um, we'll start doing more basketball stuff as it goes forward because it'll be uh, a lot of basketball going on because, like I said, games are like every day. But we'll keep you updated. Schedules. New Mexico will have some news by the time you hear this. Like, dude, we already know they're going to uh, – um, Lubbock to set up their season. I don't know somewhere weird. Fort Louisiana, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're so gonna hang out at the uh, at La- They're gonna share a dorm with the no the pods with the LSU football team or something. I don't know, Perfect. but they're probably gonna be somewhere. But yeah, check it out. We have you covered. MWR.com. Um, anywhere you want your hoops stuff. Um, yeah, that's what we got for the show today. And uh, thanks for hanging out with us. Go give us a review. Tell a friend, and we'll see you next time.